We are LP Magazine, and since 2001, we've been the leader in providing content and education for the loss prevention and asset protection industry, and we are known as the voice and authority of the LP community. Each episode, we'll be sharing and discussing the latest in trends and current issues related to all things retail and profit protection. You're listening to the LPM Podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Kevin McMenamin. I'm the Chief Operating Officer for Loss Prevention Magazine. Uh, with me this morning is uh, my co-host and partner in crime here, uh, Jack Britton, also with Loss Prevention Magazine. And we're here this morning talking with uh, Mike Lamb. He's an industry consultant and the former head of loss prevention from some pretty big name companies that you might have heard of, like uh, Home Depot and Walmart and Kroger. Um, good morning, Mike. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, good morning. It's a, it's a pleasure to be with you. Excellent. Um, now, Mike, uh, we are on the loss prevention program called And This Is Why. And uh, this morning, we're here talking to you about uh, the National Association of Shoplifting Prevention and their Better Choices program, part of the Workplace Integrity Program. And, uh, and this is why. So we're looking for you to tell us why we're here to talk about it. Let's talk a little bit first about your uh, background with with NASP and um, what your connection is there, because um, and you know, in the interest of full disclosure, we're both on the advisory board um, with NASP. Although I actually might be on it longer than than you in this case, because I think mine goes back 20, 25 some odd years. So um, so I might have one up to you there, but you got me on all the other ones for sure. <laughs> yeah, you're just slightly uh, ahead of me on tenure on uh, NASP advisory council. I think I've been on it about two years now, Kevin, but. You know, just a little context, at a RELA event, uh, it's been a couple of years ago now, myself and Scott Glenn and Paul Jones, uh, we did a presentation at the time on this, this notion of education versus prosecution. And that was really uh, biased more towards uh, low-level shoplifting offenders. And, you know, the discussion was around just how much money organizations like Kroger, like Home Depot, like Walmart, Pick'em, invest in this notion of detection uh, and or prevention, but no, little to no investment in this area of education. And with felony thresholds rising, a fundamentally broken judicial system, if you will, education seemed like and does today feel like a great alternative uh, for many, many reasons. Well, as the months and years have passed, there's been more discussion now about a better choices program for the employee uh, with the same notion in mind against certain criteria by which you have a low-level offense or a first-time offense, why not offer this, this, this opportunity for education? Um, and there are so many, many uh, value-driven reasons to do that, not just for the retailers, but for the communities in which they serve, et cetera. So, so let's talk about some of those reasons, right? So, um, you know, you're, you're running a, a department, and, and I mean, this actually transcends just the AP department, right? I mean, this is going to touch into operations in general. It's going to talk, touch retail overall um, and the HR department as partners and so forth. Um, how does this fit into that strategy? What do, what do you see this? How do you see this as a benefit to an organization um, to focus on this, this education aspect um, for internal theft versus just, you know, the um, cuff them and throw them in the, in the uh, clank or, or just let them go or, or what have you? Yeah. Uh, well, you're, you're absolutely spot on relative to this program. It has boundaries that impact uh, just a lot more than just asset protection and, and the business of managing shrink and profitability. 
I can tell you at a large company I was with more recently, they had retention targets, uh, a massive labor force. Uh, you know, you got four to 500,000 associates. Um, you know, the effort, the cost that goes into recruiting and retaining those individuals, not just for a job, but for a career is a critically important element of any retail operation. <clears throat> this education program allows, and we'll use the case of grocery, that if uh, a young man or a young lady were to grab a, you know, a pack of potato chips or, uh, you know, drink a cup of coffee or, you know, grab some incidental item and consume it without paying. You know, I think 10, 15 years ago, it's, you know, well, they go to jail, right? We prosecute. That's our policy. We're rigid on this. I, things have changed. Uh, you think about social injustice. You think about opportunities uh, for young uh, men and women or irrespective of age, men and women to have sort of a, quote, fresh start, no pun intended, and give them the opportunity to understand that that organization for which they work is reasonable, wants to give them an opportunity for a second chance uh, with a program like NAS that really is proven to be successful in terms of recidivism. So it just makes all the sense in the world. Think about the good corporate citizenship too, Kevin. I mean, you know, I can tell you the CEO at Kroger was really big on, you know, we don't necessarily have to terminate these employees if these offenses are not, you know, significant in scope. Now, it might be different if Mike Lamb pushes out a cart of $1,000 worth of liquor. Uh, you might be you're dealing with a different element there. But these incidental matters of theft, the education to me feels like ought to be something that should be pursued. You know, Mike, I, I look at this and I look at the, the rising turnover rates that we have in retail and the whole idea of the shrieking pool of candidates and so forth. At the same time, I think back on some incidents where we had really good employees that made simple and foolish decisions, and we ended up losing a really good employee because of that. That's, that's an outstanding point, uh, Jack. And, and you know, and, and I can I can make it a, a personal story for me. I mean, uh, I have a 27 year old son, and and we were blessed that he was an outstanding young man. But we know, you know, college years, high school years, kids are kids. You know, we you know we've all been there. And, you know, I would be so grateful had my son, he never did, but had my son committed some sort of incidental act like this, that an organization would have given him a second chance and an opportunity to understand that his indiscretion and learn and grow from it versus terminate him, have to replace him, or more personally for me as, as a father, have to deal with him having been terminated and or prosecuted. So it, it speaks to great corporate citizenship and it speaks to uh, organizations doing the right thing. And I know that's a bit of a 180 from where we are as AP operators, right? You know, our, you know, it's like uh, shoot them all, let, let the big man sort them. But that mentality needs to change. And, I, and honestly, uh, I, I think it has, and I think it will continue to, particularly in an area of social injustice, where, you know, maybe that uh, young man, woman, irrespective of race or gender, uh, take something because they simply don't have the means otherwise. And, and that would be more in a sort of a grocery setting, I would assume, speaking of food. But there's just so many reasons why this makes sense to me. And, you know, and it's made more sense to me over the last three or five years, uh, you know, of my career, both now uh, you know, on the consulting side and before uh, as a practitioner that, you know, we should have been pursuing this a long time ago. Well, you know, it, it's interesting, Mike, because you say, you know, like a 180 uh, from the perspective of loss prevention. But, you know, at the end of the day, we can also look at it as part of our core responsibility in loss prevention, right? Because our job is to return dollars to the bottom line. And if we can 
help introduce solutions that will do that. Even if in this case, you know, those solutions are to in, in invest in education, as you say, but now I'm offsetting all of those costs to recruit, to rehire, to retrain, especially when I have someone who just made, you know, essentially what could be just a, a silly mistake. Um, it could be, you know, or like you said, a, a really good employee they made a dumb mistake and we just invested so much in their training and, and to get them as far as they did. And, you know, is it truly a fireable offense? I mean, certainly there are offenses that, um, that don't qualify for this program. Right. But right. still using this program, you're also looking, I think where, where you started to go to a little bit ago on the, the social injustice side, um, the corporate responsibility side, um, you know, what do you think a program like this does, you know, from community relations and, and brand value perspective? Oh, I, I think it adds tremendous reputational value to that company. Uh, when we, when I was uh, at Kroger and we were having discussions with our government relations and community affairs team, uh, they, in fact, uh, segued us more from the shoplifting side, although we're still pursuing that at Kroger, or they are now, with me being a former employee there, an alumni. Uh, but but they, they encouraged us to say, well, look, if, if this works, for the shoplifter, the low-level first-time offender shoplifting-wise, why wouldn't it also be applicable to the employee? Uh, because, you know, organizations are really great ones in my mind. They invest in their communities. They are tied to the communities uh, and the customers are, they serve in those communities. And think of the goodwill that that represents and, and the nobility of an organization to say, I'm not going to put you in jail. I'm not even going to terminate you. I'm going to give you a second chance. There's also this business value, Kevin, and you know this having said on the advisory council, recidivism rates based on numbers we've seen and data that's been analyzed by NAS shows a marked reduction in recidivism from like what, 30 plus percent all the way down to single digits. So not only is it the right thing to do, but the program works and it's proven to work. So I think that just reinforces the need for more retailers to be considering it. And I know they are. There's a number of retailers that are now looking at this and I, I, I'm, I'm proud to see that. I love the value, too, that it brings even just down to the individual. You know, I mean, we talk about the business, we talk about the bottom line and stuff. But um, to to be able to impart someone with the, those the, the work skills, the life skills, the understanding that you can make mistakes and it doesn't have to define you. You know, it right. doesn't have to. Like you said, you know, having your son and if your son had been in a position like that, you know, to have um, had someone invest in him rather than dismiss him. You know, um, I think it says I, I think, a lot. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I don't think we, we address this online or on air here, but, you know, I can tell you at my time between Home Depot and Walmart and lastly Kroger, we spent hundreds of millions of dollars, capital investments uh, in the arena of theft detection. So, you know, catch the bad guy or deter the bad guy. Very little if any money was spent on investing in education. And, and I think that balance, that, that scale needs to even out a little bit. And, and, and the beauty about this program is it's, it's, it doesn't have the undertone of restorative justice and, and for-profit. It's a minimal cost. In fact, I know one or more organizations that are actually funding that for their associates or the shoplifter that's the first timer. So it takes that, it takes that profitability and money play sort of off the table as it should, because in its true spirit, restorative justice was designed to do the same thing. It just got into a dollars and cents thing that I think got that thing sideways, legal wise and otherwise. Absolutely. Well said.
Mike, where, where do you think the, the I, I know that a lot of folks that are listening to this are going to wonder where that line is. Where do you think that line should be? And, and how do you think that that should be defined? I mean, obviously, it's going to be defined by the individual organizations. But uh, what do you think of, of uh, the approach to that whole concept? Yeah, I, I think one, it has to be well-defined criteria, Jack, and you said it best. I think each organization would set that criteria. Uh, but, you know, my personal thinking is you wouldn't have any evidence that you had multiple offenses by this individual, um, that there would perhaps be a dollar amount uh, that, that you would establish. And, and I think perhaps most importantly, whatever that criteria or framework is, you have to really be adherent to it. Uh, and rigid to say, well, you know, I know Jack looks like he's done this three times, but, you know, uh, he's my first cousin's nephew. So, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna give him some education. I, I think consistency is an element. Uh, and I think setting that criteria, because look, there are, there are tons of AP professionals that are true leaders, not just in the arena of asset protection and loss prevention, but otherwise. And I think in conjunction with their human resources departments, they will set that criteria with those with those things in mind. But uh, to your point, there's got to be framework. And I, I think I alluded to it earlier. If, if I'm headed out the back door of $2,000 worth of product, I may not be a candidate because you're crossing the line of need to greed. And then I think that may be an individual that uh, you'd have to think twice about whether this program is right for them. But as we said, too, though, having that program in place, you know, where it, even where it doesn't, um, apply to those folks, right? The ones who are the, the big dollar thefts and the, the, the more organized theft and thing, things like that. Um, you're still have the added benefit of the community relations side of things, um, the brand value and, and, and the impact even on the coworkers. You know, if the coworkers see that somebody could can steal something and get away with it, you know, like they do with, with shoplifters and so forth, you know, the mentality and the impact that it has. But the impact that it, uh, it would have on an associate who sees that, yes, somebody made a mistake, they were counseled, they were corrected, and they were given a second chance. Um, what do you think that does to morale and, and, uh, and, and brand loyalty for the employees? Uh, I, I think it's invaluable. Uh, and uh, I mean, really what it says at its basis is the company cares enough about me that they're going to give me a second chance. Now, there may be critics that say, well, aren't you just going to send a message that uh, all first timers are on us. Uh, and yeah, to me, I, I don't think you have a parade and, and you take Mike Lamb in front of the store and say, look here, Mike stole the uh, petty item and, and we kept him. I mean, this is, this, you know, I, I think a degree of confidentiality around this. Although we do know, Kevin, in our AP worlds, if somebody has committed a dishonest act, generally the associates are the, are the first to know, right? Absolutely. But, 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 but Absolutely. that said, I don't think this feeds. Uh, an issue of, oh, oh my goodness, I've just opened the door for more internal theft. I think what it does is it says this company cares about me, so I'm going to care about them. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. All right. Well, uh, Mike, I'm not going to take up any more of your time today. Um, I appreciate the, the conversation. Um, Jack, thanks for being here as well. Um, so we've had Mike Lamb, uh, Jack Britton, and myself from, from uh, Lost Prevention Magazine. We are here this morning with Mike Lamb. We were talking about NAS Better Choices program, uh, and now you know why. So uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate your time. And uh, thank you, everybody out there, for tuning in. Uh, stay safe, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Mike. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to the LPM Podcast.